Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Meet Naomi. She's 39 and has been dealing with digestive issues since her early 20s. She was diagnosed with IBS and worked with 12 different doctors over the years, trying everything from antibiotics to Imodium to restrictive diets with little results for a long time. I met Naomi when she was at the end of her rope and completely fed up with her chronic gas, bloating, stomach aches, and diarrhea. We were able to do some functional testing through urine and stool and found that she had intestinal infections and several food sensitivities. So we addressed her intestinal bacteria with natural antimicrobial herbs and then took out corn, dairy, and quinoa, which were the foods that came out on her food sensitivity testing, and then worked on healing her gut. After a few months, for the first time, her bloating and gas diminished and her bowels regulated, where she was no longer having to run to the bathroom. She was so excited and things were good for about a year. Just recently, though, she started experiencing flare-ups and her symptoms started to come back. We retested her stool, but everything was completely clear. We did another food sensitivity panel, but no new food showed up, and she was still staying away from the other foods from before. She didn't have any significant life events or stressors, so she was really confused as to why her symptoms were back. And she kept saying she was absolutely terrified of going there again. That place where she was for over 10 years, dealing with her digestion, not knowing what to do, where to turn, or who to listen to. And as she described her fears of going there again, while things seemed completely okay physically, I sensed there was something still there for her emotionally. She has gone through so much dealing with her health issues originally, I knew there was a link there, and we needed to find a few missing pieces to solve this health mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about Naomi. Even though she was able to overcome her IBS and felt better for a while, she was still really very easily triggered by any negative sensation in her stomach, even the really mild ones. Naomi talked about feeling betrayed by modern medicine because it took years to figure out the root cause, but I had a feeling that this betrayal went a lot deeper and it was really a big part of her relapses. So joining me on the show today to explore this in much more detail is Dr. Debbie Silver. Dr. Debbie is the founder of the PBT, Post-Betrayal Institute. She's a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, and the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman. 
Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. She's been featured on tons of media outlets such as Fox, CBS, Dr. Osho, TEDx, just to name a few, and is dedicated to helping women move past their betrayals and heal once and for all. Dr. Debbie, welcome. Oh, thanks so much. So looking forward to having our conversation. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, when most people think about betrayal, they think about someone betraying them. And in Naomi's case, she did feel betrayed by modern medicine. However, after she and I discussed this further, she realized that she also actually really felt betrayed by her own body after feeling ill for so long. So can you tell us a little bit more about this concept of body betrayal? Oh, sure. Uh, betrayal has so many faces. And of course, the, the most common, the ones that we usually think about are just the people closest to us, how, you know, they, someone we've trusted, we've been dependent upon all of a sudden sort of take off a mask and we're like, what, what, what is this? We're, we're blindsided. But in so many instances, we can feel like our body betrayed us. And when there's an expectation that my body should feel a certain way, should move a certain way, should be healthy based on what I do. And it's not, we can feel like our bodies are betraying us, or we can feel we've betrayed ourselves. Let's say if, you know, we've, we, we decide, okay, I will no longer binge or I won't drink anymore or I will not go back to that that negative uh, partner and you do you know you could feel like you're betraying yourself so there there is so much in the way of self-betrayal and body betrayal I just heard you know the other day from from someone who said you know Debbie I was drinking my green juices and sleeping and eating well and exercising and I got breast cancer my body betrayed me so this is something that I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And this is something I personally experienced as well. And I know you and I were just talking about that on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I think for most of us, especially when we get certain issues at a younger age, um, you know, and if we didn't have any major health issues as a really young child, you know, we kind of knew that, hey, you know, if we get a cold, our body will heal. Or, you know, if we scrape our knee, you know, put a bandaid on and it'll heal. And then it's this concept of, well, wait a minute, like I'm doing all the right things. Why are things not happening? So it's definitely really, really important to talk about. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, and it's so frustrating because we have the best of intentions. We're trying to heal. We're trying to be healthy. But that frustration alone, you know, so often you know, that can prevent our healing. We know what stress does to the body and the stress of trying to find the right practitioner, trying to find the solution, trying to find what's going to help us heal very often contributes to the issue. Now, what are some of the symptoms that people can experience when they feel betrayed or they go through a betrayal? Because I bet that it's something people may not realize um, that there are actually physical symptoms. Oh, it's so common. In fact, there's a collection of symptoms so common to betrayal that it's become known as post-betrayal syndrome. And there's a quiz right on my site. And, um, you know, I, I, you may want to share the site, the uh, link later. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and what's so incredible about it is it's so common and we walk around with these symptoms for, we could walk around for decades and we don't realize how that, and I'll go through some of the most common ones, but let's say our gut issue can be tied to an unhealed betrayal. That anxiety is tied to that unhealed betrayal. That unwillingness to have a new relationship is tied to that unhealed betrayal. You know, one of the quiz responses, there's always a question at the bottom. Is there anything else you'd like us to know? I just got this response the other day and, and someone said, my betrayal happened 35 years ago and I am just unwilling to, to open myself up to another relationship. So to, to go 35 years and be unwilling to have another relationship, I mean, that's just how obvious 
betrayal lingers with us. And we, so often we feel like, oh, well, time will heal it. Time helps. But these things do not heal unless they're looked at. We feel it, we heal it. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's so common. So I'll, I'll give you some of the quiz results right here. Please, yeah. Sure. So these are just the physical ailments that we see. And this is just from the latest grouping of, of responses. So over 63.6% experience low energy, difficulty falling and staying asleep, as well as extreme exhaustion and fatigue. The most common physical ailment is low energy, 68% experienced low energy. Difficulty falling asleep was 66% and extreme exhaustion and fatigue was uh, 64%. Um, the One of the other really common, common things we see is a gut issue. And this has so much to do with stress. So really common, I'll see IBS, Crohn's, um, I'll see just even constipation, diarrhea, like any which way the gut can act up and not uh, not act the way we want it to is so often tied to betrayal. Mm -hmm. But you want to, I mean, here's something just so crazy. 81% are hesitant to trust again. 66% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're fearful of being vulnerable and hurt. 76% find it hard to move forward and 83% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Yeah, and, that, and that's tough. And that really shows how deep rooted betrayal really is. And, you know, when you were talking about some of the IBS symptoms and, you know, really, like you said, any way which the gut goes, you can have those symptoms, mm-hmm. which really kind of is the definition of IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, which is just anything across the board from diarrhea to constipation to gas to bloating to mm-hmm. um, to pain, like you said, Crohn's and colitis. And, you know, what's interesting with that is, you know, it's kind of bringing back to Naomi is these IBS symptoms is what she had in the first place. And then she was healed. And Every time that she would feel any type of digestive discomfort, it would bring her back to that place. So it's almost like the IBS was her initial issue. Mm-hmm. Then there was the body betrayal. And then it for her, it almost seemed like, well, wait a minute, my stomach is hurting. It must be IBS again. Meanwhile, based on what you're saying, you know, yes, it could be the IBS, but chances are it's the symptom of betrayal that's presenting itself as IBS. Is that correct to infer? Well, you know, it's the stress from that assumption even Mm -hmm. is bringing is bringing that on. And that's what's so common to betrayal. And all of those emotions just sort of get lumped together. And our body is not and you know this, our body is just not equipped to handle that type of stress for, for that, you know, that amount of time. Like, like here, here are just some more as far as the emotions. Uh, 53% experience sadness, anger, stress, hurt, feelings, anxiety, rejection, feeling disregarded, taken advantage of, a sense of abandonment, feeling as if you've been punched in the gut, irritability, and depression. Mm-hmm. So think about what those emotions, any one of them could do to you, you know, to your gut. And, and what's so interesting is so often when people describe the feeling, I'll hear, I felt like I was punched in the gut, Mm -hmm. you know, or I felt like the wind was taken out of me. So think of the, the physical, um, description of betrayal and look how it does affect the gut on such a deep physical level, but emotionally that's how it's being described. Right. Punched in the gut. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really exactly what was happening to Naomi. So yeah. Dr. Debbie, you've studied this extensively and I know that you've discovered several stages that people go through to get from betrayal to what you call breakthrough. Can you walk us through those? Oh, sure. And what's so exciting is, you know, I, I went into this study and, and the study was on how women experience betrayal, what holds them back, what helps them heal. And I remember going into it uh, thinking, wow, if if we can, how there are the stages of grief and you know what's coming, if there could somehow be stages of betrayal, then, you know, we can be in a stage and, and sort of like, okay, hang on, here's what's coming. And, and sure enough, that's what, that's what emerged. And that's been just the greatest gift. So, so here are the five stages. The first is like a setup stage and, and there's you know, no blame or judgment. This was what I was doing myself. Of course, I went through my own betrayals. Uh, and this is what I found with my study participants and me. So imagine the first, this is the first stage where if there are four legs of a table and the four legs are mental, uh, physical, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with every single participant, including myself, we were leaning heavily on the mental and physical and really neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So just if a table were to have two legs, it's real, really you know, easy to see that table topping, toppling over. That's how we were. But also what happens is when we neglect the emotional and the spiritual, we turn down our intuition. So something like betrayal when we're blindsided here we've shut down that sort of hmm something doesn't quite feel right you know and and that's when we're blindsided so that's stage one and that's sort of the setup and then stage two is here's here's the shock and that shock is stage two is the breakdown of the body the mind the worldview and here the body is we ignite the stress response the body is in a complete state of chaos now so we're set you know we're headed for all kinds of we have adrenal issues gut issues i mean you name it here's where here's where it starts the mind there's confusion overwhelm mental chaos there's no order anymore you know brain fog uh and a breakdown of the worldview. You know, the worldview is how we view the world. This is safe. This is unsafe. I can trust this person. I can't trust that person. And now there's a breakdown of every belief we've ever held to be real and true. So you can imagine that's a terrifying stage now because it's like the bottom has just bottomed out on us, but a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying. And here's where we are really uh, creating all kinds of, of symptoms, you know, illness, conditions, even disease. Once we think about it though, if you were walking down the street and the bottom were to bottom out on you, you would grab onto whatever you could to stay alive. And that's exactly what stage three is. Survival instincts emerge. And here's the most practical stage. If you can't help me get out of my way, where will I live? How will I survive this experience? How do I feed my kids? It's extremely practical, but I'll tell you this right here, the stage three is the stage that we can stay in forever. Mm. And this is where talk about gut issues. I mean, we have all kinds of symptoms right here because the more we stay in this stage, in this survival stage, uh, the more we believe we belong here. And here's where we start planting roots and we say, well, you know, here's where I am. I, maybe I deserve this. Maybe this is where I belong. And, you know, then we start making friends here and, and, you know, setting up shop here. And, and the downside also is we receive a lot of benefit for, uh, this, well, the ego, uh, for being, 
in this space. Think about it. We don't have to do the hard work of learning how to trust again, right? Instead of like, do I trust you? Do I trust you? Forget it. I won't trust anybody. Uh, We have someone to blame. We get to be right. We get a story. We get pity. We get sympathy. You know, the small self really enjoys these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once we figure, figure out, okay, I can survive this. And you know what? Although those things may be appealing, they're not nearly, nearly as wonderful as what healing could be, uh, then we we move into the fourth stage. And this is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Your old normal doesn't exist anymore. It's no longer an option. There's a grieving process. There's an acceptance. It's no longer there. But this is like if you've ever moved into a new house, condo, apartment, office, whatever. Your new space isn't quite homey. You don't have your stuff there yet. It's not uh, really comfortable but it will be okay. And just being in that space tells your body, okay, I I can survive this. I'm okay. We tell the stress response. I don't need to be, you know, fully engaged anymore. At least we're not destroying ourselves at this point. Uh, We may not be healing and rebuilding, but we're not destroying. We're settling in. We're, We're breathing a little bit easier. Once we've made this new mental emotional space, our home, we've accepted where this is our new normal. We slowly move into the fifth and most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. And in this space, the body starts to heal. We didn't have the bandwidth earlier to to take care of ourselves or to nurture ourselves or to show ourselves any self-love, self-care, but now we do. And once we do, of course, the body starts to heal and the mind starts to heal. We're making sense. We're making meaning out of our experience. And now we have also, there's a new worldview and it's based on everything you've been through, what you've learned, what you've gained and what you see so clearly now. And remember that table from the beginning where we were only strengthening those two legs, the mental and the physical. Now we are grounded because we're paying attention to the emotional and the spiritual too. Mm, Wow, this is beautiful and really, really fascinating about how we go through these stages. And, you know, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about Naomi and definitely can see, you know, in that first stage where she was and then that second stage is when she was seeing all the different doctors and kind of in that area, you know, shock and literally like, wait a minute, like my body's not going to be the same again. And then with that, you know, I could see her moving to stage three of survival because she was in there for so long, just grabbing onto anything. Okay, well, I have this medicine and I have, you know, this. And then, you know, I think what you were saying is so important about people kind of starting to feel, well, maybe I don't deserve to feel better, or maybe this is all that there is, you know, and for Naomi, a lot of the doctors she saw before, you know, were saying, well, with this IBS, you're going to have to live with it. And so in her own feelings of that, plus other people, especially people of authority saying, hey, this is really where you're going to have to be, you kind of start to adjust. And it's so interesting too what you're saying that when in that place, you start to kind of make new friends in that area and you get sympathy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as much as that's not where you want to be, it's sort of like, okay, but people are taking care of me or they feel bad for me and whatnot. Um, so it's really interesting. And what I wanted to ask you is how, you know, when they move from three to four, because I I think this is where some of the disconnect um, was for Naomi. You know, she went from there to then kind of going to the new normal and adjusting because she started to feel better. In her situation, she started to feel better fairly quickly because we were able to get to the root. So 
it almost seems to me that going from stage three to four, there wasn't, I don't know if I can even say not enough transition or maybe not enough support there because she was kind of going from the survival to, hey, I feel better, but almost not knowing what to do with this new normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, there's so much that that is involved in moving to that from stage three to stage four. Like what I saw with a lot of the, not a lot, most of them experience and reach this place of post-betrayal transformation, which is very different than post-traumatic growth, which is what I was originally studying. And post-traumatic growth is sort of the upside of, of any trauma where you have a new awareness perspective, you're better for it. But post-betrayal transformation was a new term that we coined because healing from betrayal also involves healing the self. You know, like let's say, uh, and this isn't a competition by any means, but let's say there's death of a loved one. And, And I had been through all of them. Of course, we mourn the loss, but with betrayal, it's personal. So there's that rejection, that abandonment, that trust. And every one of my participants agreed and they said, Debbie, you know what? I don't question that person's love for me. The the entire relationship doesn't get placed in this, like, was it real or not? Betrayal puts everything in question. So it needed a new term. So this this term is post-betrayal transformation. But to get back to what you were saying, to get from that that three to four, what's also so important is we have to give up all of those small self benefits. And like what you were saying with Naomi, you know, she was believing those doctors and and who were saying, listen, this is the best you can hope for. Just get used to it. And so then we start saying, okay, well, this is it. So let me just do the best I can in this space. But we're still in the space of survival because it's not, we're not feeling well. It's, we're really just going from one person to the next, trying to just get some relief, but it is in, in what you had done for her to help her get to that new normal, which was a different way to eat, to think, to live, to act, to breathe, to to behave. And that's when she slowly embraced that new stage. Yeah. So the million dollar question then is, you know, when people do realize that they have been betrayed, because again, I think with the body betrayal, it's not something that they even think about. But once they've realized that, what are some of the techniques that you use to help Um, for people to get through those stages? Um, Are there specific exercises? Um, What do you do? Yeah, absolutely. And it really depends on where they are and what stage they're in. It's it's very different, uh, very different state uh, experiential exercises. And you need to confront it. You know, I oh, I was saying before how most most of the women experienced this post-betrayal transformation, but there were, were a few who did not. And it was always for the same reasons. And, and let's say when they were uh, avoiding, they were numbing, distracting, avoiding. So let's say they were just medicating. They were on anti-anxiety meds or mood stabilizers. Like they just, they just could not face or could not deal with their betrayal. Now think about this. If you, you know, the way to heal it is you have to face it, feel it, heal it. And if you are unwilling to do that, well, then you can't possibly, how can you have a new normal if you're, if you're not facing where you're at, you know, or, or, uh, in the case of, let's say they just refused to accept their betrayal. So in that case, they didn't grieve it. They didn't mourn the loss. They didn't, there wasn't that sort of death of the old, which lays the groundwork now for the birth of the new. 
And again, that's going from stage three to four. But one one thing I have them do, and this is really powerful, and it, again, it depends what stage you're in, but it's writing a coherent narrative. And here's where your the 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 whole and I, I ask them very pointed questions, but the point of it is you're taking your story and you're making it a chapter of your story instead of your entire story. And just in doing that, you're using, um, there's a certain sequence of questioning. You're organizing it. You're, you're going through the experience in order to extract the benefits. And now I know your listeners are like benefits. What the heck kind of benefits <laughs> out of betrayal? But the truth is like here, I'm a perfect example uh, to use myself here as the guinea pig. I'm running the PBT Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and having these certifications for people to now be certified PBT support group hosts and practitioners and, and, and my program and everything, all based on my own betrayal. So here's an example of, of it was the most horrible thing that ever happened to me by far. But what I've learned, what I've gained now is benefiting, you know, me, my family and and many, many other women. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely, definitely can understand that part about finding what that silver lining, you know, really is. I think that can happen in a lot of areas for sure. And, and I'm sure you see it it's just even in the health world, how many wonderful health practitioners are doing the work they're doing because whatever they were trying wasn't working for them. And they found a unique, specific way to heal. And it they they healed from whatever condition they were struggling with. And they were so lit up and excited about that. They couldn't keep it to themselves. And now here they are just spreading the, the word to help as many people get healthy with what they've experienced. Absolutely. I mean, that was my story. Um, yeah. yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, too, now um, I have a, a little boy, he's two, and he's recently been experiencing a little bit of eczema. And it's one of those things that I'm just like, wait a minute, like I'm doing all the right stuff. What's happening here? And then I'm realizing that, wait a minute, I'm supposed to learn from this. And I'm discovering a lot of things that I didn't already know. And I never really saw kids in the practice, but I'm actually starting to see a lot more kids also with eczema. So as much as I hate the fact that this is happening to my son, it also then gives me an opportunity to really dig deep and really figure out where some of these other underlying factors are so that, you know, I can not just help him, but help others as well. So yeah, and I see it. I, I am so convinced that your biggest crisis always reveals your greatest gift because in every area of life, the, the people teaching the most incredible information, like look what you're doing on a daily basis and, and other healers and, and coaches and therapists and whatever, they've taken their darkest moments and their hardest times. And based on, on what they've learned and what they've gone through, now they're able to share it and think about it. We, we don't, we, the people we learn from it's never the ones who aren't doing anything. It's sort of, they've been there and back and they've, now they're teaching you what they've learned to heal from whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the beauty of it also is that because they've been through something, they can also understand and empathize with you versus just someone that has heard about the situation, you know? Oh yeah. They're teaching from a deep place of knowing where someone else, you know, I remember someone saying she was speaking to, um, uh, it was it was a group of recovering addicts. And she said, when you speak to an addict, they know in two seconds if you've been an addict yourself. Mm -hmm. And how powerful is it if here I am a former addict and, and now I speak to them and they know 
she gets me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when you have people write, um, you know, and like you said, not their whole story, but it's almost like a chapter of their story so that they can see, you know, where they have come from and where this is. um, What do you do with that then? Is it just an exercise in itself to kind of help them realize the whole chapter or is there something you do with this information after? Yeah, what they're doing is they're they're not just writing a chapter. They're they're taking what had become their entire life story where they were so consumed. Like this was their entire life and they've made it now a pivotal chapter in their story. So they've taken that experience and because of the questions that I'm asking them, they're seeing, wow, this person who did the most horrific thing actually taught me the most powerful lesson I needed to learn, that I am worthy, loving, deserving, that I do need to reset my boundaries, that I will never accept a certain level of, you know, love, appreciation, whatever. And so, so this person who would you'd normally look at and say, oh my gosh, this is the most evil, horrific person. And I'm not saying, you know, they didn't do something terrible and horrible and mean and cruel. What I'm saying is you really look at them and see, you know, if that person didn't do that terrible thing, I never would have learned this most powerful lesson. And I am so much stronger and better for it. So that's what happens because of, of this one process. Right. And so then essentially all of the beliefs that they thought they had, it kind of just flips them on its head, right? And it, it's almost like rewriting all of their beliefs about not just that person, but about themselves. Exactly. And in the case of, let's say Naomi, she can do that with even every single doctor who said, you know what, Naomi, you will always be destined to a life of medications and this is the best you can hope for. She can look at them and say, I am so grateful that they said that because now, because of that, I searched for something else and now I found, you know, this amazing solution. Yeah. And probably the same thing, even with her body, right? Because her body didn't cooperate is how she realized how to find the solution. But also I think she is able to make her body so much healthier. If she didn't experience this, she may not have changed her diet. And while she may not have debilitating symptoms, she could have had other problems down the line. So it's a way to really make herself much, much healthier. Absolutely. And I'm going to take it one step further. She also now has such an appreciation for a healthy body because she knows what it feels like to not have that. That is beautiful. Never really thought of it that way, but I love what you're saying there. So as people go from betrayal to breakthrough, and obviously I understand every person is different, but typically how long would you say does it take people to go through the stages once they're able to find the right practitioner and kind of realize what's happening with them? Well, I'll I'll give you an example. A woman in the program said, oh my gosh, Debbie, this would have saved me 20 years. You know, now we know predictably because of the study, we know what happens in every stage and we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So it's really at this point, it's like those little, uh, I mean, imagine taking your two-year-old and going to the amusement park and and there were those like little kid rides. And as long as a two-year-old sits in that car and you're sitting with them and they predictably go down that track, they will get to the end of that ride. That's what we know now about betrayal. As long as 
you know, we know the, the minimum of what it takes to shift from one and the willingness it takes to shift from one stage to the next. And now as long as you, know, you do the experiential activities, you do the work, you know what it takes, you move. So our, you know, our program is only eight weeks, but what I found in the study, it was really, and this was just from people winging it and trying just all different things, anywhere from a couple of months to a couple of years, you know, to a, no, no, that's not true to like the woman I mentioned the other day, 35 years, she still isn't healed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is that if people go through the program and take the appropriate steps that you've studied, you know, it could be as quickly as eight weeks. Is that correct? You know what it's, but it takes the, if I were to say, what's the number one factor that it's going to take? And that's, that's willingness because Mm -hmm. you, I mean, think about it. You have every right to hang on to your story for dear life. And, and you'd be absolutely right. If you said, this is the most terrible, horrible, awful, tragic thing. And you own that and you have that and you can hang on to that. However, you know, if you truly want to heal, you have to be willing to give up that story. Of course, for one that serves you so much better. So with that willingness, we got the rest. I mean, now we, it's, it's been proven. And, and I mean, I, in the study, it was, tell me, and I interviewed deep, deep interviews with every participant. What moved the needle for you? What held you back? What was the biggest thing that did it? What, what was it? What was the collection of things? What would you have benefited from? Uh, you know, I asked it, each interview was about two hours and, uh, to really get to the answers. And then I just combined all the answers of the biggest needle movers, the biggest things that worked, what really was a waste of time. And, and now that's what's in the program. That's amazing. Now you have a quiz that you have people take that can really pinpoint some of the things. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And, and that quiz is what I mentioned before, where there's this collection of symptoms uh, so common to betrayal that it just became known as post-betrayal syndrome. So the quiz is, is just right on my site, PBT, post-betrayal transformation, PBT, institute.com forward slash quiz. And I'll tell you, it's, um, I'm hearing from a lot of quiz takers that just taking the quiz is so eye-opening because they had no idea that they were stuck financially because of an unhealed betrayal or stuck with a physical symptom because of an unhealed betrayal or, you know, or stuck just in some area of life because of that betrayal. Like I said, time can help but you know, we think, oh, time will help it or a new relationship will help it. Oh no, it won't. We need to heal it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's in there. Unless you go in there, have that willingness, like you said, time might just numb it, but it's not going to actually take it out. Yeah. yeah it crazy. does not, it does not heal it unless, unless it's totally addressed. So Dr. Debbie, how can people contact you if they wanted to do your program? I would say don't even do the program first. Take that quiz. Take the, I mean, the, the program is wonderful, but the quiz will show you how much you need the program. If you do, <laughs> you know, and, and you may have very minimal responses and then, and then you're aware of that too. But I always recommend take the quiz. That's such a great tool. Thank you so much. I will post everything in the show notes so that um, you guys can have access to the quiz. Dr. Debbie, thank you so much for all of this information and for all the work that you do to help people heal from betrayal. I so, so appreciate you being on. Thanks so much. Thanks for the work you're doing as well. In Naomi's case, betrayal was the missing link to her healing, and she had two sources of it. The first was being betrayed by all the doctors she originally saw. And the second was betrayed by her own body for not healing. 
This body betrayal is so common for so many of us dealing with chronic health issues, and I find that this is a concept that's not talked about nearly enough. And as children, you know, providing we didn't have any serious, serious issues as young kids, we learned that our bodies can heal themselves. If we get a cold, we feel better after a few days. If we fall off our bike and scrape our knee, yeah, it stinks for a few minutes, but then it heals. However, as you get older, many of us can start experiencing chronic ailments such as fatigue, infections, skin issues, autoimmune diseases, and some are lucky to find a doctor or practitioner that understands the whole body approach and can address their issues from the bottom up and get to the root. Most though, start out just like Naomi, seeing several doctors and specialists and often receive what I call disjointed care. Each doctor is often addressing their specialty, but in many chronic conditions, everything in the body is related. So if your hand hurts, for example, it's possible that it may be related to your foot. So if you're seeing a hand doctor, they will not think about your foot and will likely not talk to your other doctors that are treating those other areas. So symptoms are often covered up by medications and then other medications are given for the side effects of the previous medications and getting to the root is not always a priority, unfortunately. So many of us dealing with chronic health issues can see 10 different doctors and spend months, if not years like Naomi, trying to figure out how to feel well. And this affects every part of our life, our work, our partners, our friends. We feel frustrated, we feel alone. We don't know who to turn to. And some may even be told that what they're experiencing is not real and it's in their heads. But of course, they know they're not crazy and their symptoms are real. And then we start to question what's wrong with us. Why is our body not healing like it used to? And then we start to compare ourselves to others thinking, well, they're eating these things and they're okay. But here I am trying to do all these healthy things and my body's still not cooperating. And that is where the betrayal is felt. I will tell you more about what we did for Naomi in just a second. But first, if you want to contact or find out more about my guest, Dr. Debbie Silber, please visit healthmysterysolve.com and go to episode number 14. There you'll see all the detailed show notes so you can reference everything that we talked about. Naomi was fascinated with what Dr. Debbie was saying about betrayal and started to write out her own pivotal chapter. It took some time to get through all the details, but after she was done, just as Dr. Debbie was saying, Naomi realized that after everything that happened, she was able to come through to the other side and learn about her body. Not only did she solve her IBS, but she balanced her body by clearing the infections and reducing inflammation that she prevented so many other symptoms and diseases that could have come from this down the line. And she had the understanding and the appreciation of what feeling good and health really means, which is just so huge. And with all the changes, like so many others, she's also considering going to the field of health and healing. So lots came out from doing that pivotal chapter. Naomi also realized that there were several negative beliefs that she was holding about her body and her condition. So to help with this, we used a technique called EMDR. This stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And this is where we come up with a series of statements that we no longer want to feel and repeat those with the words no more in front of the statement while focusing on an external moving stimulus, such as a light or a dot. The theory here is that it activates the optic nerve and it goes through the part of the brain that's right in the middle of the right and the left hemisphere and helps to shake up some of these beliefs. So for Naomi, we realized that every time she was feeling any sensation in her stomach, that it created the feeling that she was going to that place again, as she described. So what we came up was no more stomach aches means IBS. No more being afraid of stomach discomfort. 
No more stomach problems take a long time to heal. And no more stomach aches mean that the body's out of balance. Because in reality, it's possible that she may have just eaten a little bit too much broccoli and had a little gas, which created discomfort, or maybe just in general ate a little bit too much. Or sometimes, you know, we could pick up a little bug and it could just be a 24-hour thing. So every discomfort doesn't mean that it would be this 10-year-long IBS process. So we would repeat those statements as she focused on this outside stimulus, and then we would put in the positives. And these were things like, my body knows how to heal. Stomach aches can happen from time to time. Just because I feel stomach discomfort does not mean I have IBS. Stomach discomfort goes away quickly. My body can heal quickly. And so by doing this, we replace these negative beliefs with the positive ones. And every time that she would feel something, it wouldn't take her to that place again. This type of thing can be used with almost anything People who get constant colds that turn into sinus infections or fatigue from infections such as Lyme disease and adrenal fatigue. These are just a few other examples. If you have been dealing with chronic health ailments and even if you are feeling better, if you notice yourself relapsing or notice yourself having more and more flare-ups, take a look at this concept of betrayal, especially the body betrayal. It's a very real thing And it's something that can be holding you back from healing completely. And there's so many wonderful tools. You can check out Dr. Debbie's website, which I'll have in the show notes, do her quiz like she talked about, and look at things like EMDR to help to get rid of the negative beliefs. It can really help. If Naomi sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to this podcast because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. When it comes to solving your health issues, don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.